Nick, I think the first thing that's important to tell our listeners is that it's a little cooler in your room today, which is really pleasant. Better than last time, yeah, when it was warm. I was um, worried about whether recording would be sustainable over the next few weeks, but luckily the complete um, end to anything like seasons or um, or patterns of weather has, um, you know, got as many benefits as it has debits. Yeah, it's one to one, and I wish people would stop <laughs> stop lamenting those changes. The, the march of time will get us all. Um, is there anything around? Is what's been floating around in your mind? Have you been um, struck by any concepts you've wanted to rank? Um, just that right now, before so just a little peek behind the curtain, listeners, because we're usually so cagey about our process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just we were uh, just, we were just having a chat um, about. Um, I was just talking to Chris about a dream I had last night where um, I was finding the dream so funny, the thing happening in the dream so funny that I was laughing in my sleep. I'm almost certain. I think I woke up laughing. And it was just <laughs> about um, – it was, it was about a, a young child being made fun of um, and that was all that was happening. And um, I th- just I've in my dream I found that so funny that I was rendered in hysterics and like trying to explain to other characters in the dream how great this was. And um, that led Chris to talk about the concept of morality quickly in passing, and um, and yeah, I feel like what that- doesn't what doesn't trigger you know Chris <laughs> into another tirade on morality. <laughs> <laughs> um, as in he made yeah I was uh, I made a joke about um, kids having no moral center, and then Chris asked if I had a moral center now, and um, yeah, I have definitely in the in the list of possible topics I've had morality as one for ages, and I definitely feel like. Uh, the things I would have to say on it, uh, you know, I've, it's certainly a topic I avoid talking about in the real world because my uh, take on it would be so obnoxious and um, self-defeating in polite conversation that um, it almost epitomizes the reason this podcast exists. So that but I yeah, can- I was about to say they are all the criteria for our podcast <laughs> topic. So yeah, let's let's get into it. Let's do morality. morality. You have to define it though. Yes, done. Thank God. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Rank Ideas podcast, the most moral podcast you'll ever encounter in all your days. And why is that? Because we're ranking ideas in an ever-expanding list from best to worst. Uh, Why is that moral, Nick? It's the right thing to do. It is the right thing to do. There is a right thing to do. <laughs> is the concept of morality. Uh, thanks for the defining layup, Chris. Um, <laughs> Alley-oop. Indeed, yes. Um, so I, I am Nick. I am defining morality right now. Basically, it's the idea of not – it's more than just having a code of behavior that's right or wrong. It's more – it's a system of a code of behavior that springs from the premise that there is right and wrong, that there are um, things that are – uh, it's ethical um, to do. It's it's you know it's a, basically a, it's a classic transcendental idea. Where you're saying that there is either e- you're either saying that there's an external force of goodness or badness that is worth believing in and investing in, or you're at least saying that creating that as a story is worthwhile and important. And that's how you then spring forward into your um, you know uh, creation of systems of behavior. So. Um, yeah, it's more than just it's it's. I think morality is the structure, but the premise that underpins morality is the idea of there being either an objective right or wrong, or a worth of creating a sense of right or wrong. And the structure really depends upon and implies those things because it it kind of if they don't exist, it doesn't exist. That's it. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Um, my first impression, hearing that definition, which I agree with, is that it is unattainably, it's unattainable as an exhaustive, like, um, truth because it doesn't, it doesn't exist and is therefore bad. And I think that, uh, it, like, in our bad quadrant of ideas, mm-hmm. maybe even our bad, whatever the word for a tenth is, um, because- Denth, uh, Deck death. Deck death. Yeah. Wow. No, not really. No. I was just trying to make it more metal. Deck death would be a cool um, Instagram page for skaters that have, like, stacked their boards. I would watch it yeah, all I day long. Yeah, well, Kook Slams. Do you watch mm. Kook Slams? No. Oh, it's well. This is a good launching point because gotta go, listeners. My my beloved Lily um can't watch Kook Slams because it's people just eating shit mm. in in the ocean, like yeah, surfing wow. accidents and things like that. Yeah, and she can't understand how um <laughs> how you, me what, and how you millions of others could sit there laughing at the suffering of others. Yeah, just to get but I really again. can. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. so funny. Oh, nothing's better than it, really. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I just think it's in that deck death um, portion of the list because um, because it ca- it carries with it a certainty and authority that um, that the, the adherents uh, wield to literally do the worst things that you can imagine. The fir- the first thing it reminds me of is when we ranked fairness, which we've got in the which is down in the deck death at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we like the thing that I kept going on about fairness is that it um, exists. It's it can you can only prosecute it if you come up with a really arbitrary bounded space to prosecute it in. As in 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 terms of uh, if you it, if you're trying to imagine it as a thing that can be perfectly applied and formulated. As in if you've got a room with ten people in it, you can relatively easily use fairness as an instrument. Once you have seven billion people on a planet, like the complexities of the metrics you're using to work out what is fair and unfair like break down so absurdly that the way that the way that you notice every human actually using it is to set a boundary is to be like oh we will work out what is fair within this population and by definition we are then saying to hell with everybody else like we have to to actually use this interesting to use this idea um and that morality to me feels a little bit like that as in you know uh Full disclosure, I'm com- my mind's completely compromised by the idea of by concepts of morality. Like, as in, you know, I'm I have like there's a part of me all day long that is wanting to be a certain type of way that you know is literally just cultural conditioning and personal sensibility. But there's definitely like stuff where I'm like, oh, I need to make sure I'm, a, uh, you know, at, at all times in all places, I need to make sure that I'm the sort of person that I want to be and. There's, you know, it's it's really, in a way, it's just kind of taste and sensibility, but it's definitely, you know, I wouldn't have any, the concepts that I draw on to take that from are from kind of cultural conditioning around what is right or what is wrong. Yeah, I think, I think um, like, the, the aspirational virtues of morality, the structure are, are, um, are good, and I think that uh, the, the codification of it is... Um, a barrier because I, I feel like what you described there with yourself wanting to act certain ways and having an idea of the type of person you want to be like it, the second you um, classify that as a morality um, you're giving yourself license to do those things as though they are, you know, good or bad. Mm. Um, and similarly, even if you like, uh, you know, well, I want my, it's part of my morality 
to like, you know, be reflexive and like, you know, ex- exchanging and understanding. If it's, if it's something you're codifying, then it's something you, you're pressing, you can press onto other people as good or bad. Or, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And, and then, you know, you're, you're drawing boundaries around, you know, who adheres to it and who doesn't. And, and it's, it's I think much better, um, a much better system of achieving the, the, the doubtless virtuous, uh, sort outcomes of, of morality are to have, um, you know, just constant exchange and interrogation and experience and, um, calibration. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a way that, um, morality as a construct can certainly inhibit as much as enable. Because it's aiming to give you a finished permanent, yeah. uh, set of rules and standards. Yeah. And you can see like, I mean, it's, it might sound like it's, you know, well, it's, oh, it's just a, it's just a term and people choose their own lives, but you can see like people being bound to moralities that are thousands of years old, if not, you know, like, you know, longer and just inherited through different narrative formats that, um, that people adhere to and police each other on. Yeah. Uh, To, 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 to the endpoints of violence, the endpoints of other things that are not, um, you know, not going to be high on our list. When I, I just an example to hand, cause it was, you know, it was the one I was talking with, uh, friends about at dinner last night. It's just the idea we were, talking about this funny micro phenomenon of like middle-aged Australian kind of boom, like uh, middle, uh, middle-class parents uh, who are des- whose kids aren't doing well uh, financially in the way that they recognize as being doing well, like, you know, have like can't afford a home or, you know, a, a below the poverty line. And all they want to do is give them money, but because they have a moral Where's standard. That? Where's that phenomenon with my parents? Yeah. Jesus. No, it's not, it's not a vibe with mine. <laughs> but again, I've, I've noticed this with some friends of mine who have well-off parents. Who right. You can tell that the parents have the money yeah. that, they, that they themselves aren't exhaustively using and they could just give the, on paper, they could just give the kids some money uh, to, to get the kids to do the thing that they think that kids should do, which is buy a house. And um, regardless of the ins and outs of whether all of that's a good good ideas or bad ideas, what what strikes me um, and other friends of mine have said they've recognised the same thing is the parents clearly have this like moral ethical blockage around just giving their kids money, and so they end up right. having to do all these weird theatrical ritualistic things. Of really, wa- it's the mild version is waiting for birthdays or Christmas. The other version is just working out weird like w- w- excuses to sort of employ quote unquote their kids to do jobs for them. But really it's just, it's like one step up from just doing token chores, but there, there needs to be some kind of rhetorical device before they can give the kid the money. And it's, and these are their grown adult children, like in their thirties yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's still this sense that you will feed something unsavory into society or into your kid's mind or into the relationship if you just give them the money. And, and, you know, you go, and I go, oh, that's just symptomatic of, a larger society where the thing that people are sure of is that you can't just give, uh, you know, poor people resources, the resources yeah. that they would need to not be poor, even though you definitely just could. And, and the idea of, um, whatever negative outcomes that they're imagining, like, uh, of, you know, growing, creating laziness or entitlement or a lack of innovative drive, whatever, are like surely at, are at least a wash with the horrors of poverty, um, of there being poor people. Uh, but yeah, but it's um, yeah. Again, it shows like there's once you have a th- once you have a moral code, you have something that's set, you know, and that um, sits in the skin like tattoos. Indeed, and um, yeah, and I feel like like to me, number one, someone being incredibly moral is in no way guarantees that they're doing that they're going to be doing that they're going to be treating people well. Uh, and by that I mean, 
again, it's this, I love bringing this one up because every words, all the words we use, all the language we use to make qualitative decisions are infected by it. So, yeah. treating people well. So, what I mean is, you know, someone being moral doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be, they're going to have, uh, they're going to be good at look, think, looking at the world from other people's perspectives. They're not going to be necessarily great at caring for people. They're not going to be, um, uh, they're not necessarily going to be um, uh, engaging yeah, maybe, and again, maybe, maybe the things that moral behaviors lead to don't rate for me because the thing I value so much is people who can, as you're saying, can sort of calibrate their behavior based on the reality of what's happening around them and the people that they care about. Well, I also just think that, like, even if you know, even if it's not, it's, that's not your personal value to, to see, you know, people who calibrate constantly how they're engaging as being, you know, somehow, you know, better in the world than someone who's. You know, engaging with, um, you know, from a moral framework, I think that just for survival, um, for, as individual societies and sp- species, like, um, you know, the the longer we adhere to a particular morality in a, a, across a time and circumstance and outcomes that are that are changing, which is of course like the one constant thing across everything, all the variables of yeah. of the world, the, then the more brittle your society is, and the more um doomed for a, a sudden correction and collapse it is. And I yeah. think I think you can see that with the societies. If you imagine the societies that are currently um, strongly morally based or even just the elements of them, you know, it, they can feel anachronistic or you can see where the collapse is coming or you've seen where the, where the collapse has been. Um, at, the, at the very yeah. least, you see you just have really weird outcomes of certain um, narrative scripts of how people should behave hanging on in the – you know, in in environments where all of the the evidence of that is a thing that could be easily done differently. Yeah, is, massive is, gaps between in t- stated intention and outcomes as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could pick we could pick literally any. Mm-hmm. Like there there are so many, but the, the one that just came to mind then was um, thinking about priests can't um, marry, um, they, they can't express themselves sexually. Um, that seems to be a pretty unnatural denial of self for many people, and then. Uh, you know the consequences of that are, are clear and and painfully felt, and it's it's the exact opposite of the intention of that that role in <laughs> yes you know in what they're setting out. Um, it's starkly so. There's such a such a massive gap, but but you know that's that's just a very facile and like um, specific instance. I think you can see it in maybe over time, probably anywhere where morality is really held to as as the chief value. The the celibacy, the clergy celibacy example is interesting as well because it shows how um, when you create like um, a huge, like uh, this titanic moral framework, then people's sense of how to adjust and progress uh, becomes so sort of relative and kind of meager, as in mm. you, you end up with a situation where people can be like, well, in our Christian denomination, priests can marry, so we've solved the problem. And it's like, you know, you could have... Like that's you're literally you that that yes thank you that is a huge improvement but also you're washing one part of the car like you're just yeah. you know <laughs> like <laughs> you're just footsing you we do value washing the car very highly at Rank it's, it's true we love it. um, that's the inherent good that mm, we need to examine maybe yeah off mic <laughs> so much bias um, to, justice for dirty cars but the um, yeah the the thing so the Things in my life, um, the worth, you know, the worthless person example of me, like I found a, 
not over the years, me separating myself from the idea of someone who has a morality or who is trying to be quote unquote, a good person, at least, even though I subconscious, I can't do it completely subconsciously, me sort of doing it performatively has had good outcomes. Like, um, as in the thing that I'll like the, the classic thing I started doing, um, in situations was just entering in, in the persona of, of, you know, so many, so much public debate is two people arguing with each other and the, Un, like the subtle thing underneath is just them basically accusing each other of being bad people. You know, it's yeah, like, it's yeah. like, Oh, you know, I, oh, I, absolutely. Everything ultimately is I put it to you that you're a bad person or, Oh, that's, that's my implication. That's the thing that's going to make you defensive. And you're going to come back by implying that I'm a bad person. I find it's, it's, uh, and it washes like it's catchy. Like, you know, people look, yeah. look for the hypocrisies in people who are saying things as though like, that ha- that bears weight on what the officer they hold or yeah. what they're saying. It, it, sometimes it may, but very often it won't. And this and this is a very obnoxious, awful thing that I do. But like, all I do is enter into spaces, and I just instantly start talking about how, well, as a bad person or as an amoral person, because like as soon as I, you know, as soon as I just jump there, then any sort of concept of, and it, it's it's like painful and edge lordy, but it's because you know it's pretentious. Really, it's it from the other end. It's as pretentious as saying, well, as someone who works hard on maintaining my personal real- uh, morality. Like I'm just as obnoxious being like, well, as a bad person, when obviously like I'm I'm still walking around trying to be at the very least conscientious in my behaviors. Mm. But I find that, yeah, it just takes the teeth out of any possible argument. I mean, you know, I'm trying to avoid debate at all times because it's, that's it, it's in the deck death. But the, um, uh, yeah, like just just taking that out of it, just like, can we, you know, and not just because, not just because of avoiding ad hominem um, phenomena and arguments, but just because, yeah, like it having to talk about it, it, it allows for some space of being able to just talk about what's going on without um, that moral lens of um, oh, are there people failing or succeeding in being good and that's the story of what life is. Yeah. I think, uh, I think if we were to, you know, put, I mean, we're putting this idea on trial and, it's, and you know, if there's a case for the defence, the, I think the best it could say is that, well, in the absence of an idea of morality, you don't have that star for which to strive. Like, you know, it, it, and that, you know, that you can't deny that there are real, and, and I don't, I don't deny that there are real um, benefits and virtuous behaviors that fall off of stated moralities and people pursuing them. I just think that it is a interface that if it didn't exist would uh, uh, demand the development of, better tools and better frameworks and, and higher quality out engagements in terms of the outcomes of the HA. This is my thing, yeah. To be, again, conscientious. Which is, which is how we know it's a truly terrible idea. Yes. Um, to be, um, and that's the thing, to be conscientious, I feel like we should have a quick burn through what, is, what, is, what other existing ideas could be just fine to get the same benefits that we think morality does in terms of, yeah, giving, you know, giving a sense of... Um, I mean, because yeah, I do. Val- I value things like consensus building. I value things like um, effort. I value things like conscientiousness that I just said before. Um, consistency. These are all ideas I like. Do, do they? Do those? I does a group of ideas like that as a constellation themselves? Do they make enough? You know, do do you need um, a larger animating principle to guide them? I think the biggest thing that annoys me is just the uninterrogated premise at the heart of morality, which is like, what is the best way to live? Because, you know, yeah. there like that to me is a toxic that that, you know, I w- that to me feels like an immoral idea, ironically, the idea of, you know, because as soon as you're trying to impose a best way to live on an entire society, you're dooming 
tons of that society to be doing about to, to be trying to do a thing that they won't be able to successfully do and which actually isn't relevant to the spe- specifics of their life. Yeah, and and probably the shame. I mean, not probably. Certainly, the shame that failure, you know, to adhere to that yes. it generates, you know, has its own um, harmful outcomes for individuals and 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 those around them. Um, I think also, um, even if you could have, yeah, I, I think I think that's a really important point that you raise about um, can't adhere to because um, there's even if you have a well classified morality and like if everybody behaved like this then everything would be harmonious and you know everyone would be able to get what they want and this is the right way to be um people like like you can you can say that about any set of morality that people that that, the people are adhering to around the world and they're not adhering to it completely and Mm. and the failure to engage with that is like a is um is i think worse than a failure to engage with uh, than than having what would be failures under that moral framework, but without the framework existing, like and just mm. being and it's just experiencing the one to one consequences rather than having to ping it off. Um, yes, you know, a, a, an interfacing system. Yeah, you would literally just have to observe what was going on yeah. and and build a group consistent consensus about what you think about it, and then make decisions like as as a group organism. Which you is, see again, such collective and individual dissonance in 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 relation to moralities. Yeah, you know, there's. I mean, there's, there's, I don't think, much much like ideology and, and, and some of the other trash ideas we've been looking at, the, the, you know, some of the worst things have been done by people who would self-describe as, the, you know, acting purely from a place of their morality and, and, would, and using that to justify their and behaviors. And ac- truly and accurately are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, just, it just creates such a beautiful blind spot mm. <laughs> under which to operate. And I, like, I, I don't know if we talk about this, but I, I often find that with... Um, you know, in, like with the, our sort of contemporary idea of like a secular morality that we have in our own cohorts where, um, yeah. you know, people will be like, well, this is what, this is the good person behavior and this is the bad person behavior. The people that are prophesizing the good person behavior are one-to-one the the red flag bearers for mine <laughs> and, and, and yeah. based on their actions. Yeah. Totally. Yes. It's, it's um, obviously a, a lazily obvious phenomenon to point out, but people who are spending their time, um, policing uh, moral codes um, in a secular progressive context, but in no way themselves are acting as an advertisement for why this, <laughs> yeah. for, for why those things are a good way to behave. As in, they're also they're they're mostly not behaving in a direct way. They're just they're just doing a lot of talk. Their behaviors are a lot of talking and a lot of. Um, uh, yeah, policing other people's behaviours rather than rather than much detectable um, again care for other people, which is yeah. probably mostly it, it, which it should which seems to be the rhetorical the stated centre. Yeah, the stated centre. Yeah, and and you know maybe it's too much to say, but I feel like um, the the dissonance of of being of uh, failing to achieve the morality that is being um, prosecuted is like is the driving energy behind it's. Um, for the, for the people who, you know, it gives them the energy to go into, Interesting. you know, like, yeah, I feel like it, it's to offset a um, culpability or something like or, that. Yeah, to get it. Unconsciously. Yeah, whereas, yeah, maybe, and again, like, that's the thing, right? It's It feels- the dissonance trap. If I, yeah, if I have to be, ca- if, if, if there's anything that makes feel I have to be careful about thinking about this idea is the fact that- um, you know, I mean, I do all kinds of jerky, thoughtless things all the time, but they're within a certain pocket. As in, so my personal um, structure of my behavior is pretty simple, is that anytime, um, you know, 
I, I tend to look at situations and go, oh, okay, is there any difference in outcome in terms of stuff that matters to me uh, between me uh, to me kind of um, adopting someone else's moral sensibility or the group moral sensibility or just doing whatever I want, you know? And usually there's not a lot of different, like I can't detect a difference in terms of the global outcomes. That said, what I want I'm the sort of person who, you know, I love, you know, I'm pro-social and love people and get a lot of enjoyment out of like close intimate interactions of friendship and good vibes. I like making people feel good. It's the thing that I want. So a lot of the, a lot of the things, usually the thing that I want to do in a lot of situations, just doing what I want overlaps with stuff that gets considered to be good and moral behaviors in my society. Yeah. But I think like, do do you think that for someone who, like say the the profile of a psychopath or sociopath who's happy to navigate systems for their own outcome, do you think having a, an overlying morality imp- improves that, or do you think it just gives them a new framework? <laughs> I think it gives them a framework that they can game, yeah, know, exactly. more often, exactly, like, yeah, demonstrably, and gives them you know a whole bunch of protective tools, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, it's it's sounds monstrously naive somewhere as I say it, but it is the thing that I think is like, yeah, the thing that keeps me feeling. Uh, good and comfortable about my actions is uh, it just feels more straight up. It's just simpler as in uh, when I do things that make me feel bad, it's, I, I tend towards not doing them anymore. And the things that make me feel bad are usually about, usually just happen to be things where I've missed, like treated another person, been thoughtless or callous about the experience of another person in the world. And when I'm thoughtful and careful about the experience of other people in the world and doing what I can to, um, to, to elevate that and and my own experience at the same time in balance, I feel that's when I feel the best. And I f- my hunch is that that would be the case for a lot of people um, if and that there's- I think the studies bear that out. Yeah. And so, the, the fact that if- and I feel like a lot of moral and ethical frameworks put barriers in the way of people being able to do that as much as they otherwise would. And that's that seems kind of comical. You know, like people are being for people are sitting there wanting to spontaneously care for people. I feel like the thing that is true about the human organism is that we will spontaneously care for people if thrown into situations where we observe someone in need of care. Mm. And the only thing that um, reliably undercuts that is ide- it's ideological and moral codes. Yeah, I feel like in the defense case, it does also enable them because there is a narrative form Sensible, for- yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but uh, I just think it's not what you want to build your- It's not the foundations upon which you would build your house. It's just, yeah, again, it's very- It's easy to sympathize with it as an operating system that would come into being because like ideology, morality, they're predictive systems and we're predictive creatures as in our brains are designed to- um, pred- like we're doing a lot, our brains do a lot more predictive work that then plays yeah. out than we than we feel like we do. Like we feel like we're reacting to stimuli, yeah. but usually we're predicting stimuli and and pl- and playing a subroutine. So of course we would come up with things like frameworks like morality and ideology that allow us to predict ahead of time what we should do. The um and you, you tell human, shortcuts. Hu- it's like a meta very, level of the same thing. Yeah. That's it. And humans yeah, were very point. into that. We're very into being like, what do we? But what if this? What if that? Let's let's run all the hypothetical scenarios and know. And I I'm like that because I'm you know a warrior by nature. So I want to have a I want to be putting thought into it. Meanwhile, probably if there's a thing a thing in our pro, in our makeup and the wetware of what humans are that needs to be pushed on a bit, it's that overpredictiveness. Like really, probably we could stand to just allow more framework to just be in situations. Have you know have have some frameworks of observation and calibration? Like I feel like it's funny for a lot of people that 
there's you, you know that you know that term moral relativism mm-hmm. um that people who use it use it as like a, a, a sign of like the the most horrible evil thing you can be as a moral relativist where your morality just shifts based on the context and the situation around, which to me is really funny. Cause I'm like, that's definitely me. And it's the thing I most value. It's like, I'm like, how is that not an incredibly valued way to do things? Like in terms mm, of super just, interesting. We'll have to rank that down the line. Yeah, we will. Um, even just relative, relative, relativity and a few other related ideas. Um, speaking of ranking though, um, anything else we need to I don't think so. Turn I think it's, I think it? once we start at the bottom, it'll just be a matter of scale of impact. And I instinctively feel like this may be below ideology. It's interesting, right? Because yeah, I mean, because I feel like it's a it's a like a little foreplay into it or something. Mm. You know, like like you're not. So our second second worst idea on the list at the moment ahead mm. of ideology is good and evil. So obviously, you almost need. Like, do you, you almost need good and evil. Like, good and evil feels like an underpinning idea yeah. of morality. Yeah, definitely true. Which maybe makes it worse than morality, as in- Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, so, um, and I mean, ideology, I f- my hunch is that ideology deserves its place at the bottom still because it's so, like- It's, it's a meat grinder. Uh, it's, yeah, it's- um, Of our lives. Totally. <laughs> And if you take ideology, if you didn't have ideology and you were still stuck with morality, you would um, like a lot of the like you're taking out the horror, the bureaucratic um, logistical delivery system of morality, which is a big part of what makes it so um, bad. It's tough though. It, it is. Yeah. It is. It is a tricky line call. Look, it's a trash pile. It's just, you don't yeah. you don't notice which fumes in the swamp are offensive. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, above good and evil is natural. What do we think? Natural, I mean, we very recently- Natural makes morality worse. Mm. Um. Yeah, I feel like morality, more than some of these other ones, gets a little bit, like every, like it gets a bit ameliorated by some of these other ideas being underneath it. Yeah. Still, there's still plenty of room in the deck death for it. (laughs) Um, Fulfillment is above morality. Is above natural, I think between those two. Between those two, yeah. Yeah. Because, you know- Fulfillment is real bad, but it's like, you know, like- Fulfillment is worse with morality. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. That's where it turns, where that's that's the thing where you start to take morality. And if you take morality out of fulfillment and then the things above it, faith, asceticism, rights, debate, you're, um, Mm. yeah, all of those are made a little less worse. Faith's looking pretty good without morality. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You've just you've just got faith in stuff that you just have, you know, just appeals appeals to your sensibility yeah. in a way. It's like, yeah, I've I have faith in um uh you know, Taekwondo as an effective combat system. I have faith that if I tell my friends about how we're bullying this kid in my dream that they will laugh as well. <laughs> <laughs> no the huge drop in the listenership. Do you feel do you yeah, do you feel like the me that's presented on the podcast, do you feel like this is any plot twist or curveball at all? Is the idea that I would dream of, of a child being teased yeah. and laugh. Yeah. I think it's I think it's been you've been pretty upfront about these it's things. Of, it's of a piece. Yeah. Um That's a good one, Nick. I really enjoyed it. Um me too. Yeah. Um hold on. I better sorry, I'll listen I'm just doing the mechanical business of the podcast, which is actually typing in to the list which is just on my phone. Morality. When we get to a hundred we should print stickers. Mmm yeah. I'd love that. That's great. And um, w- put them on our T-shirts. 
Yeah. Walk around. Morality, the new fourth worst idea on the 60-something strong list of uh, ideas that has made up Rank Ideas so far. Good one. Um, what else should we rank? Let us know. Yeah, facebook.com slash rank ideas. That's where you go. On the World Wide Web. You'll love it. Bye. Bye.